John, Earthlings confuse me. How do you expect to achieve peace through warfare? I agree, Umiya. Humans confuse me also. Warfare has never achieved peace. Einstein also agreed it was impossible to achieve peace through war. Welcome, Earthlings, to John and the real space alien girl. In a dystopian society of a 21st century America, the Trump administration lowered fuel efficiency and emission standards, while record high temperatures baked the planet and Louisiana's climate change refugees watched their island disappear under the sea. The New York Times also reported that the Department of Defense ran a UFO identification program. On the fifth floor of the Pentagon's sea ring, deep within the building's maze. In an interdimensional vortex at a pagan temple in the Mojave Desert, John met Umiya, the real space alien girl. Just down the road is the Nevada National Security Site, or N2S2. We want to make it clear that N2S2 is not related in any way to R2D2. <laughs> a human and an alien join forces to bring the voices of truth, justice, and love to the airwaves of independent radio to lift the planet to a plane of transcendent and universal peace, or more simply put by Umiya. Humans, please stop killing each other. Earthlings, the revolution is now. Dr. Albert Einstein spoke to us. Is there any way out of this impasse created by man himself? Is there any way out of this impasse created by man himself? All of us should realize that we may have vanquished an external enemy, but have been incapable of getting rid of the mentality created by war. All of us should realize that we may have vanquished an external enemy, but have been incapable of getting rid of the mentality created by war. It is impossible to achieve peace as long as every single action is taken with a possible future conflict in view. It is impossible to achieve peace as long as every single action is taken with a possible future conflict in view. Uncle Albert, our community of tall white ETs gave him so many good ideas. E equals MC squared. We were so disappointed when he wrote to President Roosevelt and encouraged him to develop the nuclear bomb. Of course, the great ETs were delighted. Those miserable lounge lizards. After Einstein saw the results of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, he was profoundly disturbed. My friend David Krieger wrote a poem about Einstein in his book, Portraits, Peacemakers, Warmongers, and People Between. David is the president of the Nuclear Age Peace Foundation. The poem is called Einstein's Regret. Einstein's regret ran deep, like the pools of sorrow that were his eyes. His mind could see things that others could not, the bending of light, the slowing of time, relationships of trains passing in the night, and power, dormant and asleep, that could be awakened, but who would dare? He saw patterns in snowflakes and stars, unimaginable simplicity. When the shadow of Hitler spread across Europe, 
What was Einstein to do? His regret ran deep, deeper than the pools of sorrow that were his eyes. The President of the United States, Harry S. Truman, 32nd person to serve as the American nation's chief executive, a man to whom many millions of people look for guidance, a man whose responsibilities are today as great and whose influence as far-reaching as any other man on earth. A short time ago, an American airplane dropped one bomb on Hiroshima. That bomb has more power than 20,000 tons of TNT. The Japanese began the war from the air at Pearl Harbor. They have been repaid many folds. They have been repaid many folds. They have been repaid many folds. Grandmother's Story by David Krieger. The grandmother looked into the eyes of her granddaughter, recalling the day the bomb dropped on Hiroshima. The sky was the bluest blue, she said. And when the sky exploded, the wind knocked me off my feet. All around me there were screams that still echo in my ears, children calling for their mothers. The wounded walked past us with vacant stares, their skin hanging like ribbons from their bodies. Hiroshima became a city of death. We lost all will to live until new shoots of grass appeared. With them, the darkness melted into small green blades of hope. this bomb we have now added a new and revolutionary increase in destruction. The force from which the sun draws its power has been loosed against those who brought war to the Far East. We have spent more than two billion dollars on the greatest scientific gamble in history, and we have won. But the greatest marvel is not the size of the enterprise, its secrecy, or its cost, but the achievement of scientific brains in making it work. Three, 
If the radiance of a thousand suns were to burst at once into the sky, that would be like the splendor of the Mighty One. Robert Oppenheimer also used this quote from the Bhagavad Gita. Why do you think he was drawn to this ancient Hindu scripture? He and his colleagues had unleashed a devastating force upon the world that would only bring death on an incomprehensible scale. He knew that mankind was not mature enough to handle this power it was an awful radiant power which surpassed every language. Scientists had trespassed into the realm of God. Oppenheimer said, Physicists have known sin for the first time. In David Krieger's poem on becoming deaf, President Truman refuses to understand that he too had become deaf. Now I am become deaf, the destroyer of worlds. Bhagavad Gita. When Oppenheimer thought, now I am become death, did he mean, now we have become death? Was Oppenheimer thinking about himself or all of us? That August of 45, Truman and his military boys destroyed a few worlds. They never understood that among the worlds they destroyed was their own. From Almogordo to Hiroshima took exactly three weeks. On August 6th, Oppenheimer again became deaf. So did Groves, Stimson, and Burns. So did Truman. So did 70,000 that day in Hiroshima. And so did America. This is the greatest thing in history, Truman said. He didn't think he'd become deaf that day. We Americans know how to win. Truman was a winner, a destroyer of worlds. Three days later, Truman and his military boys did it again at Nagasaki. Sometime later, Oppenheimer visited Truman. I have blood on my hands, Oppenheimer said. Truman didn't like these words. Blood? What blood? When Oppenheimer left, Truman said, Don't ever let him in here again. Umiya, everything that Oppenheimer and Einstein feared has come to pass and has succeeded their wildest expectations. A doomsday machine is in place and mutually assured destruction is an everyday reality. We don't want the bomb, we want peace. Let's negotiate for peace. We don't want the bomb, we want peace. David has written a poem in response to these times. It offers some hope. 
It's called the conspiracy of decency. We will conspire to keep this blue dot floating and alive. To keep the soldiers from gunning down the children. To make the water clean and clear and plentiful. To put food on everybody's table and hope in their hearts. We will conspire to find new ways to say people matter. This conspiracy will be bold. Everyone in this conspiracy will dance at wholly inappropriate times and places. They will burst out singing non-patriotic songs. Anyone can join this conspiracy. Anyone. It will be a conspiracy of, by, and for the people. And the not-so-secret password will be peace. Poetry by David Krieger, president of the Nuclear Age Peace Foundation, can be found at the Foundation's website, www.wagingpeace.org. To learn more about the intergalactic love and peace mission of John and Umiya, visit www.johnandtherealspacealiengirl.com.